Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. These podcasts are brought to you in part by our sponsors, who really truly are what make these podcasts possible every week. O'Fallon Nutrition is a company that I've worked with for over 15 years. They're independently owned and operated, located here in O'Fallon, Missouri, right off of Highway K and Mexico Road. I call this place the Whole Foods of St. Charles County, but even if you are not located on this side of the river, it is still worth the drive. I can remember working all the way down at Powerhouse and still sending people out to O'Fallon Nutrition for their supplements. They are more than a supplement company. You can get grass-fed beef, salad dressing, seasoning for your cooking, uh, hair care products, makeup, uh, deodorant, toothpaste, uh, essential oils, and all the vitamins and minerals that you can think of. If you're looking for clean, whole food nutrition, as well as home care, house care, skin care products, O'Fallon Nutrition is your place. You can take a look at them at O'FallonNutrition.com, or if you'd like to have something shipped, if you're listening to me from outside of St. Louis, you can certainly have items shipped. I know they do free shipping if it's an order over $50, and the phone number is 636-240-5283. Again, it's O'FallonNutrition.com. As well as if um, preparing your food on a weekly basis is your primary excuse for why you're not able to stay on a good clean eating program, which is something that I hear very regularly from my clients, I would ask you to please take the time to check out Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com. They are a phenomenal place. We get our food from there during the week. They deliver to our integrity location. They will deliver to your house. Uh, They also uh, are just available for pickup. You can go to their Chesterfield location or their Kirkwood location and just pick up meals for the day as well as um, just having them delivered right to your door. So if preparing your food is your main excuse for why you cannot stay on a healthy eating program, then I would suggest just stop by Pure Plates. Just try it. If you're trying to lower your blood pressure, you're trying to lower your cholesterol, you're trying to get your blood sugar down, try to do Pure Plates meals for a week and just see how different you feel. These are organic meals. They are gluten-free. If you need them to be, they can be dairy-free. They are soy-free. You're not taking any processed sugars or meat curing agents or preservatives. They really truly believe in nutrient dense meals that are just whole food nutrition. And I've had my clients or have made recommendations for my clients for years at Pure Plates. It's pureplatesstl.com or you can call them to ask questions at 636 778 3555. Again, remembering that they have a location in Chesterfield as well as in Kirkwood that you can just run by and pick up a meal today. Okay, seems like an odd uh, subject to discuss, but you're going to be interested once I start telling you why. I don't know if uh, you have ever tried to identify why you, what would be the benefit of eating cabbage. The reason I want to break this down is because people tend to get sensitive to certain vegetables. And a lot of times it's because those are the only vegetables they really have in their palate. And so over time, They can almost create a sensitivity to that vegetable, but it's not so much that they really have an issue with it. It's really just that their palate is so limited. And so what I always tell a person is, listen, every time you go into Whole Foods or every time you go into Fresh Time, buy your green beans, buy your broccoli, buy your rice cauliflower, okay? I know those are your fundamental ones, but every week find one vegetable 
And of course, you're gonna re repeat that eventually, but one vegetable that's just different from the others and just add it, you know, and it can, again, every six weeks, you'll probably end up repeating it because there's only so many vegetables to do, but this week, get all your normal ones, but buy a head of red cabbage, you know, next week, buy three different types of uh, mushrooms, you know, the next week, get celery and plan to juice it. Remember how all those benefits that we talked about? You know, and just do something different so your body can kind of open up that palate a little bit and maybe lessen some of the sensitivity that you're having. And that sensitivity might just be bloating. It could be a headache. I mean, there's there's a dozen reasons why you could have a sensitivity to a different food. It doesn't always just have to be digestive. So I started cooking with cabbage uh, a while ago because I liked how full I felt when I cooked it. Instead of eating a salad, I almost never eat salad. I mean, eat salad if I go to a restaurant, but that's about it. I always cook cabbage and I have a food processor and usually just throw it in my food processor because it shreds it up so easily. But so many stores, including Whole Foods, they sell coleslaw mix uh, organic. And so it's just chopped cabbage and then it has some carrots and some other fun stuff in there. They even sell red cabbage that's already shredded. So if you don't want to pull out your food processor, easy. Just grab that that uh, shredded cabbage by coleslaw mix and we can cook up the cabbage. And I'm going to tell you how I cook my cabbage and just to kind of give you an idea. Um, cabbage is super, super low calorie. So, I mean, it, uh, a cup of it's 22 calories. I mean, it, it's just extremely low calorie. A cup of it is uh, one gram of protein, two grams of fiber. It's very high in vitamin K, which I'll warn you if you're on a blood thinner, that's just something to take into consideration, but you probably already know that if that's the case. Um, it doesn't mean you can't have it. You, you just wanna be aware that you're, especially when you're in a pretty regular food prep eating regimen, you kind of have to be careful because you could get to where you make cabbage for lunch and cabbage for dinner. That would be too much seven days a week. But having cabbage on Wednesday night isn't going to be an issue, especially if you don't have it again. And that's what I'm talking about, getting that new vegetable and bringing it in and just finding a way to broaden your horizon a little bit for the week. Um, it is, again, high in vitamin K, high in vitamin C. It's really high in vitamin C. It's 54% vitamin C. So like if you were feeling something coming, come on, I mean, this would honestly be as beneficial as having an orange. We, we think we kind of have to have that, but the sugar actually doesn't really help us. And in fact, can over time create inflammation. High in folate, uh, high, and it has a decent amount of B6. So just know that that's an option as well. Um, so it's packed with nutrients. This is interesting also, it's packed with calcium, potassium, Red cabbage has even higher amounts of potassium in it, uh, magnesium. So I look at that and I'm like, wow, why, why am I not eating cabbage? I'm willing to take all these supplements every single day where my food could ultimately become one of the supplement. When you cook cabbage, it's much easier, in my opinion, to digest it. So it just breaks down a little bit easier versus like a lot of salad can be kind of iffy from, di from a digestive perspective. It may keep inflammation in check. 
so it says your body relies on the inflammatory responses to protect against infection or speed up healing. This kind of acute inflammation is a normal response to an injury or infection. On the other hand, chronic inflammation that occurs over a long period of time is associated with many diseases, including heart disease, rheumatoid arthritis, and inflammatory bowel disease. Cruciferous vegetables like cabbage and many others and many different contain many different antioxidants that have been shown to reduce chronic inflammation. In fact, research showing that eating more cruciferous vegetables reduces certain blood markers of inflammation. One study including over a thousand Chinese women showed that those who had the highest amounts of cruciferous vegetables had considerably lower levels of inflammation compared to those with the lowest amounts. Uh, there's a couple different antioxidants and it's sulforaphane and camperferol and other antioxidants found in this remarkable group of plants are likely responsible for their anti-inflammatory effects. So we gotta look at certain foods as the ability to act as medicine to your body. And cruciferous vegetables is not just cabbage. So if you hate cabbage, I get it. I might be able to tell you a better way of making it though, just to make it a little more interesting for you. Cause if I just cooked cabbage and didn't put anything on it, I wouldn't want to eat it either. So, you know, there's lots of ways of doing it. I know bacon grease is a good way, but there's better ways, you know, to where you can feel good. But we, with the cruciferous special, it'd be broccoli, it'd be cauliflower, uh, your salad would be great. That would be a, a great way to get those cruciferous vegetables in it. And I always say, if, if I was going to have her salad on a regular basis, I'd saute it. I'd love having those vegetables sauteed like that. And, it, and they're chopped in such a way you're gonna digest them so much better because they, they're, you know, they're already so broken down. I love that they're that chopped. A lot of people really struggle with raw vegetables because they're just in such a whole form. Your body has to work so hard to chop it down. So let's think about when we're eating these vegetables, this is a means for us lowering inflammation. That's easy. You know, we gotta make sure we're getting these vegetables in every single, every single meal, you know, whenever we can, all these different types. If you're struggling with muscle cramps, instead of eating a banana, Make some cabbage, put some avocado on top of it. No sugar, you're not having the sugar response. You're not having that higher carb response, but you're still getting all that potassium in. So, you know, can take things like that into consideration. Cabbage is packed with vitamin C. Uh, for instance, it's needed to, well, I'm sorry, vitamin C, also known as absorbic acid, is a water-soluble vitamin that serves many roles in the body. This is very interesting. I, I just, I don't think a lot of people realize this. For instance, it's needed to make collagen. And so when I first meet with the person on nutrition, I always put them on a thousand milligrams of vitamin C, uh, usually around 4,000 milligrams of vitamin D and then 400 milligrams of magnesium. That's kind of a start for me. Uh, and part of the reason is because I know vitamin C is vital to making collagen. And we all need more collagen, not just so we can look great and young, but also so we can feel great and young because it helps us internally too. So just think of vitamin C that way. And you don't always have to think of vitamin C as fruit. And I know for me, I grew up that thinking that was what vitamin C was. I had no idea it was in vegetables. Right. It's not even right. Exactly. You don't get the gain. You don't have that same gain. 
especially like a super high sugar fruit, you know, I mean, an orange, you know what I mean? So anyways, the, the most abundant protein in the body being collagen. Collagen gives structure and flexibility to the skin and is critical for proper functioning of the bones, muscles, and blood vessels. So if I have a client say, I'm worried about calcium, how am I getting my calcium in? The doctor doesn't think you're eating the amount of vegetables you're eating. They, most people do not. Uh, they go through Chick-fil-A and they get French fries and a grilled chicken and it's a healthier meal because it's, it's grilled chicken. You know what I mean? They don't think people are having salad. They don't think they're roasting green beans and roasting broccoli and, and, and cooking cabbage. I, I wouldn't think so either, you know, if I were the doctor. So I'd want to put you on calcium as well. But if you're drinking bone broth, you're taking collagen in your coffee, uh, you're drinking coconut milk or almond milk, you're eating almonds, okay? And then you're eating all these vegetables, right? You're, you're getting a lot of calcium, way more calcium than what you think you're getting. And if you sat down and did a, can't remember what that app is, MyFitnessPal, and you just entered all those foods that you had in a day, I would love to have you look and see how much calcium you're consuming, because I just, I don't think you realize how much it's coming from what you're having. Now, if you're super hyper-limited on your vegetables, then of course we can't count the cow, <laughs> we're not getting enough calcium, but understand that you can get it. Additionally, vitamin C helps the body absorb iron, the type of iron found in plant foods. So what's more, what's, what's more, it's a powerful antioxidant. In fact, it has been extensively researched for potential, potential cancer fighting qualities. Vitamin C works to protect the body from damage caused by free radicals, which has been associated with many chronic diseases, including cancer. That's, well, that's in my opinion, why we go for vitamin C is because we're trying to, we're, we're concerned that we have free radicals, you know, that we have a virus and something's fighting us. So we're taking that vitamin C to go in and try to protect ourselves. There's also plenty of other things you could do to protect yourself too, uh, which is all the things I just mentioned. So when you start to feel yourself break down, I would get two huge containers of bone broth, chicken or beef, whatever you like the best, put them in, in your stock pot, add a, a real good quality water to it, and then just dump every cruciferous vegetable you can think of in there. A bag of frozen broccoli, a bag of frozen green beans, a bag of frozen uh, cauliflower, rice cauliflower, throw some carrots in there, do some of Kim's salad in there, you know, add some cabbage to it and just season it, season it really well and make yourself a huge pot of vegetable soup. And you know, eat your hamburger that you made for dinner or throw your hamburger in the soup, however you wanna do it and eat that three times in that day. You know, that is so healing for your body. It, it's tremendous, you know, and you don't need any noodles in there. You know, it's strips, long strips of cabbage, they taste like noodles. Or make a, a spaghetti squash on the outside, roast it, and then put that in a bowl and then throw your, you know, your veggie soup on top of that. But you can have a mixing bowl of that and be okay with it. As long as you're not putting potatoes and a bunch of sweet potatoes and, uh, you know, filling up with carrots so much that all you can see is orange, you'll be fine. You know, that that's a great resource to try to kind of pound yourself and fight those free radicals. So I won't go on and on about the uh, uh, vitamin C, but I just felt like 
did, who even knew, you know, how, that it had that much. One cup, 89 grams of chopped red cabbage, packs in 85% of the recommended intake for vitamin C, which is the same amount found in a small orange. So red cabbage, I love red cabbage. So I'm gonna go through a couple of other things, but I wanna to talk to you about red cabbage specifically and how you would cook it. Um, I get what would be considered a soup pot. I like it because it starts like, it fills the whole entire thing up. And then when you go in there and look after you've had the lid on for a while, you're like, well, are we even gonna have enough to eat this? Like, it's not even that much, you know, right? So there've been times where I've had two big stock pots because I'll buy like six bags of that. And you can't, you can only fit so much. Now you can let it cook down a little bit and then put another raw one on top of there. And as long as you're cooking it on slow heat, it isn't going to burn or anything. So I start with olive oil. Okay, I olive oil the bottom of the pan really good. And then I just pour my bags of cabbage in there. Now this is what I mix. You guys can create your own thing. Um, I like white onion with it, but I see lots of recipes with red onion with it. And since I have the food processor out, I just throw that onion in there and it's just easy. I don't even have to cut up the onion. You know, uh, Deerberg's and Whole Foods, they sell already pre-cut onion. If you just want it easy as can be, just open that container and throw the pre-cut onion in there. I mean, it, it's pretty easy that way. And I've been known to do that when I know I'm not gonna have a lot of time and I want something made quickly. So onion and cabbage, those are my vegetables. Whole Foods sells a Dijon mustard and there's nothing bad in it. It's made with apple cider vinegar. I usually buy like eight bottles at a time because I go through probably two bottles a week. I make dressing with it. I, I just put it in almost everything I do. Uh, it just adds a tang and then I can sweeten it up with the stevia. So I take that mustard and just kind of go like this over, just kind of lightly put it over the top. And it's enough to where you can kind of see lines go all the way across the top. Then I take apple cider vinegar and I kind of do a shh, 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 you know, probably putting a fourth a cup in there, okay? And then I will take a little more olive oil and drizzle a little more of that on the top because I actually want that to kind of become part of it. And then I'll do salt and pepper. I salt it with sea salt pretty good because I just, I just think you'll like the taste if you've got a decent amount of salt in it. And then pepper uh, and then stevia. I'll take maybe three of the little mini spoons of stevia and put that in there. And of course, you don't have to do this, but I do this on everything I make. I put a couple dashes of hot sauce because I, I just like that little bit of kick that you can't figure out where it's coming from. Now, you could put a couple peppers in there chopped up. I mean, there's lots of things you could add to that. Now, I put the lid on it. Nothing's stirred. Everything's just kind of on top. I want to steam it down a little bit. Then I start kind of marrying it all together. I don't really do a high heat. Right, I go right under medium because I don't want the bottom to burn at all. And I love those um, pots that are coated with, they're cast iron, but they're, I can't remember, it's like porcelain. Luck. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, they're French. They're, I cannot love something. Um, CR, yeah, CR some, I'll, I'll try to see if I can, I'll go home and take a picture of what I have. I have found that to be the best pot I've ever bought for so many reasons. So they're not inexpensive, but there is an outlet down in Chesterfield and it is substantially different. You may not get the exact color you want, but it's substantially different in price. 
I really feel like they're worth it. I don't think that I'll have that probably till I die. It's not going to break down. It is amazing quality. Uh, there's a reason I think why they're so expensive, you know, but I use iron cast iron skillets a lot. I mean, I, I like the way things cook in them. So that's it. I put the lid on, I let it cook down, you know, and it just starts to simmer. Then I'm about, I'm pretty comfortable with the way it's cooked down. I take the lid off and then I let it sit there and cook on low for probably another 10 minutes. Cause then I kind of like the air getting to it and I'm almost okay with the edges maybe browning a little bit, you know, not terribly, but maybe a little bit. Um, and it tastes a little sweet and a little tangy and a little hot from the, you know, hot sauce. And I could eat it all day. I could eat it on everything. I could have eggs with it. I could have beef with it. I can have just a bowl of it. And I'm known when I just have a vegetable meal to just sit back there with a big bowl of cabbage and a big bowl of uh, cauliflower. And I am so full from that meal. I take a vegetable enzyme to try to break it down before I am so full from that meal. So again, throw some cabbage in the soup, but boy, if you really want to get some vitamin C, and you like the cabbage, make some cabbage. If your stomach is struggling, you just don't really want any major food, cabbage can taste pretty neutral. You, when it's cooked too, you may be able to get that down. You know, if you just can't seem to get anything down. So just some ideas there. This is pretty interesting. It helps to improve digestion. Uh, says this crunchy vegetable is full of gut-friendly, insoluble fiber, a type of carbohydrate that can't be broken down by the in the intestines insoluble fiber helps to keep the digestive system healthy by adding bulk to stools and promoting regular bowel movements what's more it's rich in soluble fiber which has been shown to increase the number of beneficial bacteria in the gut this is because fiber is the main fuel source for friendly species like bifidobacteria and lactobacillus uh, these bacteria perform important functions like protecting the immune system and producing critical nutrients like vitamin K and B12. So just that continual immune system protection, you got to think if my gut environment is improving, my immune system is improving. Okay. Eating more cabbage is an excellent way to keep your digestive system healthy and happy. Um, may keep your heart healthy. Red cabbage contains powerful compounds called anthocyanins. I don't, I don't know that I'm pronouncing that correctly. I highly doubt that I am. They give this delicious vegetable its vibrant purple color. Uh, they are plant pigments that belong to the flavonoid family. Many studies have found a link between eating foods rich in this pig pigment and a reduced risk of heart disease. Um, inflammation is a known player in a major uh, role in the development of heart disease. And these uh, actually protect they're protective in the effect against uh, the anti-inflammatory properties that can create heart disease. So it contains more than 36 different kinds of potent anthocyanins that are making it an excellent choice for heart health. Uh, it will lower blood pressure. And part of the reason why it lowers blood pressure is because of the potassium. So, you know, you could take magnesium, that'll help naturally low blood pressure. You can eat the cabbage every day, that'll help naturally lower blood pressure. You can eat salmon every day, that'll help to naturally lower it. If you get enough of these things working together, it'll be so low that you're have to gonna stop doing some of them because it'll get too low. That's what I've had to do before. It's like, whoa, I can't do that. that I, if I would eat too much salmon, I, it would lower too much. I'd get too dizzy from it. So 
high blood pressure, well, we know about high blood pressure. Doctors often advise patients with high blood pressure to reduce their salt intake. However, recent evidence suggests that increasing your dietary potassium is just as important for lowering blood pressure. Potassium is an important mineral and electrolyte that the body needs to function properly. One of its main jobs is to help regulate blood pressure by counteracting the effects of sodium in the body. And I'll just cut in here real quick which is why it's so important if you're going to use salt that you use sea salt, uh, pink Himalayan or Celtic mineralized sea salt because then you're getting potassium, magnesium, calcium, sodium, chloride with the sodium. You're not just using table salt, which is just building the sodium. Um, pot potassium helps to excrete excess sodium through the urine. It also relaxes blood vessel walls, which lowers blood pressure. Uh, while both sodium and potassium are important for health, modern diets tend to be too high in sodium and too low in potassium. That's why we're always seeking a banana. It's like we're not getting any potassium. No one's really eating cabbage. You know what I mean? Red cabbage is an excellent source of potassium, delivering 12% of the RDI in a two-cup serving, which when you cook down cabbage, you'll end up having two cups. That's kind of like what your serving will be. One cup won't really be that much. So is that... I mean, I could keep on going. It talks about cholesterol levels, you know, how we can lower cholesterol levels, kind of same concept through the soluble fiber and, you know, the benefits of having that type of fiber, um, the plant sterols and how they're going to work towards helping to lower, uh, to reduce the LDL cholesterol. It, it's an excellent source of vitamin K, which like I said, the wrong medicine, that, that, that isn't necessarily a good thing. Struggle is, is you just wish, you didn't have to take that medicine that made it to where you can't eat those great healthy foods. You know, um, this is an easy food to add to your diet. And I guess the reason why I wanted to break down celery juice the way I did, or when I want to sit here and talk about cabbage that much, you're kind of like, wow, cabbage, Deb, was it that big a deal? It kind of is. I mean, look at how much we can get from it. We were going to try to add it to your diet, cruciferous vegetables in general. You know, and I guarantee I could go out to uh, Google and say health benefits of broccoli and we could do half of a class on broccoli, half of a class on cauliflower, right? And although there probably would be a lot of similarities, you would learn, you know, hey, this one's actually way more in calcium, you know, where this one's more on the potassium line. Don't be afraid to do stuff like that. You know, type in, you know, health benefits of broccoli health benefits of cauliflower so that you can learn those details and then know what well, probably does make sense for me to do broccoli instead of green beans. Shoot, I'm trying to do this or shoot, I'm trying to lower my blood pressure. I need to have cabbage on a regular basis. Why not lower it naturally if you can? Okay. So something to think about. And then um, from a regular cabbage standpoint, just green cabbage. The way I've cooked green cabbage in the past is I shred it myself. This is not the, the uh, coleslaw route. I'm just getting heads of green cabbage, okay? I have one skillet where I'm cooking the onion and then I add three different types of mushrooms to that skillet. The skillet is like overflowing with mushrooms. I put the, the onions down first and I olive oil them. I always cook mushrooms open. I don't particularly care to cook mushrooms with a lid on it because I think it brings steam in it. 
And I like it when mushrooms can get almost like browned on the edges and they just have kind of like a different flavor to them that way versus feeling kind of watery and chewy. And I think if they get steamed, that's how they'll feel. So if you ever feel like, well, I don't really like mushrooms, make sure you're not covering them. Cause if you're covering them, that's probably what's happening, which is the reason why I don't cook them with the cabbage because they will get steamed and they just get kind of soft and chewy. So I saute on this side. Then I cook that cabbage the same exact way. I, I don't put anything different in. I put the, the mustard, I put the stevia, I put the hot sauce. Now, if you like garlic, add garlic. If you want, a um, instead of a hot sauce, you wanna add some cayenne, add some cayenne. You wanna add paprika, you, you got your spices that you like, you add them, okay? But I love at the end, like marrying all that together. And I mean, there are quite a few mushrooms in there. It's a lot and mushrooms add a lot of protein. So then that meal, you know, with the mushrooms and the protein, if I'm gonna have, you know, three to four cups of cabbage that is also filled with a lot of mushrooms, I'm actually getting a pretty decent amount of protein. I mean, I could be getting between six and nine grams of protein, depending upon how many actual mushrooms I was having and or if I cooked any of that down in a little bit of bone broth or had some bone broth with it, that would be a great way to get even more protein. So it could be just a vegetable meal and not realizing how much protein you're actually able to gain from that. Now, given that, if you were doing that, it, you do also wanna consider that part of your day too. So we can overconsume on protein because we don't realize how much protein we're getting from our vegetables. So you do still want to take it into consideration and we want to make sure that we're not, you know, okay, well with breakfast, I'm getting about 30 grams in with lunch. I'm not really paying attention to how much meat I'm having before I know it, I'm getting 30 grams in. And then for dinner, I didn't really measure my meat and I'm getting 30 grams in. Wow. You know, that's, that's 80 grams. And you don't really, you're not really counting how many grams you're getting from your vegetables. So you might be at 90 grams of protein by the end of the day. For most of us, that's going to be way too much. John probably would be just fine with that, but that's really going to be a lot for some of us. We're probably not going to break it down. We may not be digesting it. Uh, foreign protein particles are a really great way to create an immune response in the body. That's why I take betaine before I eat meat, because with an autoimmune condition, I can't have little foreign protein molecules floating around in my body because my body sees that as a foreign intruder and it'll actually attack. It'll attack itself and I will get a virus from that. You know, so I always take betaine, which is just acid basically to break down my meat so that when I eat meat, I get it broken down better. I even take that veggie enzyme to try to break those down better, but it's more important to really make sure that that beef or that meat that you're eating is getting broken down when you eat it. So that's how I would make green cabbage. Now, yep. So the betaine's for meat protein, but what do you use for vegetable? I use, I use a specific uh, vegetable enzyme. I like Enzymatica, they make veggie just. Um, but you could also just use a standard enzyme, you know, that kind of helps you to break down protein, fat, and vegetables if you don't have a super sensitive system like I do. I, I do. You know, I, I my stomach gets really swollen and if I just, if I don't take anything. So you might do fine with just a standard enzyme. 
where for me, I like, I have to have the one to break down the meat and I have to have the one to break down the vegetables. If I don't, it just, I just don't do well. Right. You know, that it, well, and they have a lipo gold product in Zoomatica does, and that would help to very specifically target the fat. A lot of the clients that uh, don't have gallbladders, they go to a family nutrition, lipo gold is the product they always recommend that they take just to better break down the fat, especially like if someone's trying a ketogenic diet, a clean ketogenic diet wouldn't be terrible for someone without a gallbladder because it's not bacon and pork rinds all day. You know what I mean? A clean ketogenic diet, but a bad ketogenic diet would be terrible for someone. You know what I mean? And, and you know, there's just good and bad in everything. So, but that's, that's a great question. Now, coleslaw mix, let's say you bought the coleslaw mix. I, it, all I do is olive oil, dump it in, buy a pre-pack or pre-little box of the already chopped uh, onion or go to the salad bar and get a bunch of onion, throw it in there. Same thing. Now you just decide how you want to season it. I would always suggest adding stevia because I really think the cabbage tastes good with stevia. Now, if you're one of those that buys the uncured, no sugar added turkey bacon, you could make you a couple strips of bacon and allow some of that, not a lot, okay, like a tablespoon's worth of those drippings to stay in with the olive oil. But the key would be to keep the bacon crisp on the side and make that green cabbage and then crumble the bacon pieces on top. And you would actually be having your protein and your carbs and your fats all at one time and just be a different way to have it. You know, uh, just crumbled bacon in with the cabbage. It's really good. The crunchiness of the bacon and then the cabbage that's a little softer is a good mix, okay? Okay, so I'm gonna go right into a different vegetable, but how to cook a different vegetable. So it is a cruciferous vegetable. I want to talk a little bit about cauliflower because it's another cruciferous vegetable that if you went out and you actually tried to find all the benefits to cauliflower, you'd be finding very similar things to the cabbage. So that, like, that's why I wanted to talk about it. I don't want you to feel like you just got a single-minded approach where we only talked about cabbage today. What we talked about was a cruciferous vegetable. And, and, and what I hope it does is motivate you to go to the grocery store later and go, I'm not just gonna get the same vegetables today. I'm going to get them because those are my regulars, but each day I'm gonna try something different. Something for lunch this day, something for dinner that day, just different, you know what I mean? Get enough that you can experiment with it. And that's what I really hope this prompted you to do. Now with cauliflower, you can mash it, uh, mashed cauliflower I gave to my dad for a year after his heart attack because I had to get him off potatoes, you know, and, and we had potatoes with every meal growing up. Fried potatoes for breakfast, mashed potatoes for dinner, or, or a baked potato. You know, if dad was grilling, he went out, put those on the grill long before he made the hamburgers. I mean, we always had potatoes. If we didn't have any money, mom made potato soup. We had milk and we had potatoes. Well, we have plenty. We can eat on potato soup all week. I mean, that's how we ate, you know, an onion and potatoes. We had enough food. Um, not that I'm suggesting that because I'm not, because with the inflammation from my dad's heart, I got him off potatoes. The way we mashed the cauliflower was I would go out every Sunday and we'd get sheet cake pans and we would get the pre-cut, pre-washed cauliflower. And it was just cauliflower on its own. So this wasn't frozen because we were going to roast it. Now we could do frozen and we'll talk about that in a minute. And we would get like six of those packages 
and then we'd fill up three packages of sheet cake pan, olive oil and salt and pepper and really good. Now, dad didn't digest garlic real well, but if you mince up some garlic and you roll that in there, it is delicious when we mash it. It makes such a difference. The cooked roasted garlic is sweeter versus you just like chopping up the garlic and then putting it in there. So that's the, in my opinion, the best way to do it. Roll it in some garlic and that olive oil, roast it 350 or maybe 325 because of the olive oil, unless you use avocado oil, and then just roast it for 30 minutes. I like to move it around halfway through because I like all of it to kind of brown a little bit on the edges. And then throw it in your food processor and it's warm. It needs to be kind of warm like that. Throw it in there. Couple dashes of coconut milk, unsweetened. A uh, couple dashes of olive oil to kind of get it better mixed. And then I always throw fresh parsley, maybe fresh chives, just to kind of get like chopped up and just to kind of get a little bit more flavor in there or whatever you like. You know, the roasted garlic in there. Oh my gosh, it adds so much. Salt and pepper. And then just sit there and let that food processor go on it. It is, it's, it's so filling and satisfying and you don't even have to eat that much. And all of a sudden you just feel like, wow, I'm full. Like that is really satisfying and it is good. And so what I would do is I'd make dad's meat um, and I, I would make him a salmon. I made him salmon and then we made him barbecue chicken. That was like what he ate every day for an entire year. It's the dad diet. And uh, it's in my regular cookbook, book, my first cookbook. And he would, we'd set his salmon up on that, that uh, cauliflower and he'd eat it. Like there were mashed potatoes under the salmon and he just loved it. I mean, loved it. Never wanted me to change it. I beg him to let me change it. Ate it every day. And so just, you know, like think like if you made a steak Oh, like a flank steak or a filet or something, plate it with that. You know how you'd go to a restaurant and they'd have the the mashed potatoes. Oh, it's so good. You will be so surprised at how good it is. And Sophie eats it. She likes it. I mean, she just, I'm not going to tell you she thinks they're mashed potatoes because she doesn't. She just likes it and doesn't care what it is. She just enjoys it. Texture on it is amazing. Roasting cauliflower just changes the taste of it. Don't feel like you have to mash it. Just know it's an option. Let's say you know you're only going to eat this much roasted cauliflower, then, then go ahead and throw the remaining in the food processor. and It'll just make it easy for you to store it in your fridge and for you to eat on it throughout the rest of the week. But that night, eat the whole cauliflower. You know, but try some garlic with it because it really does make a difference. Salt and pepper it really good. Now, if you bought riced cauliflower or whole cauliflower frozen, then all we would do is steam that and then mash it the same way. I'm telling you though, you're going to notice a significant difference in flavor. The roasting just brings it out. It really does. So given that you have the opportunity to take the time, I would always do it that way. Um, riced cauliflower frozen can be thrown into soup, just completely frozen. You don't even have to, you know, thaw it. If you have a Vitamix, the Vitamix will make soup for you. So you can kind of like start visioning some of those things with, with the cauliflower rice. So you could look up a cauliflower cream soup. I know you're kind of like, 
what? <laughs> is that even good? But it really is good. And look at the cream that's required and turn that to coconut cream. If there's any sugar involved, turn that into stevia. You know, just start swapping things. It, and then just, if it would call for something you're unsure of, you know, just, just think outside the box. If it calls for soy sauce, add coconut aminos. You just keep replacing as you go along and then throw it in the Vitamix. You press the soup button and you leave the room and you come back to soup. It's, it's remarkable. I mean, and you can do that with anything, but just with cauliflower, you know, that's just an option. Um, now, as a crust, people are making pizza crust with the cauliflower, We're kind of making almost everything with cauliflower, but I have never personally made a pizza crust with cauliflower. I don't do cheese, so I've never tried because so many of the recipes that I see require some type of cheese, some type of Parmesan cheese. But I've been told that there are recipes out there for cauliflower crust without cheese. So I don't know if that's just there, including egg. You know, I, I don't know what the binding or what the binder is, but I've been told. So if you Pinterest dairy-free cauliflower crust, see what you come up with. Now you can buy these cauliflower crusts already made. They sell them at Whole Foods. Are they not so great? I don't, I've never had them. Yeah, that's the, right. And you're like, yes, it's just too much. Yeah. And that's why I would suggest just going out to Pinterest and just finding you the recipe. I have had clients that have made them multiple times and it's really helped with their family when they're having pizza night, you know, for that person that's really trying to avoid and even the kids that have to be gluten-free it's really helped them and it's helped them with their health so although i have not made them i've had clients successfully made them and really enjoy them okay and you can get no sugar added marinara put that on top saute some onions and some mushrooms throw some of your leftover steak on top of it throw some hamburger on top of it i mean just a different way you know something crunchy uh i just saw the other day they're making crackers with it there's still other things though, like she said, but if you were gonna go for wheat thins, I would certainly say all day long, you'd be better that you started with these crackers if that got you off of wheat thins. You know what I mean? Our way of getting you out of gluten, here's a step down. It's not perfect, but it's a step away from something that you shouldn't be having. Um, and I use cauliflower rice as a filler in my meatloaf. So I buy the actual fresh, cauliflower rice that they have at Deerberg's that's pre-cut, pre-washed, all, all of it's just kind of ready in a big bag. And I just throw that in my meatloaf instead of breadcrumbs. So that's kind of um, in a very oddball way of using it. But there are some options. Uh, in, in my cookbook, I have a mashed cauliflower recipe that I talked to you about. And I just use a salad dressing. So you could get one of the primal, for dad, I, I, I did that. I would get one of the, you know, not the primal because they didn't have them back then. Um, you could get one of those primal dressings. You could get the Greek, you know, kind of imagine that would be your fat in there because there'd be the avocado oil in there. And then all that seasoning would just bring the flavor into that. And so it'd be like having mashed potatoes with those seasonings and with those flavors. Primal has plenty of other dressings. So there, you don't just have to do that one. We have Italian one that would be good just kind of think outside of the box like that and that might just give you a couple of other ideas okay so cruciferous vegetables is the word for the day so i'm just trying to and there's multiple reasons uh we i've always suggested for clients to take a product called dim 
D-I-M. And that is basically a pill that's just cruciferous vegetables and supposed to lessen, it's supposed to help your body, rid your body of bad estrogen. And it's supposed to lessen the symptoms that can come, you know, when, when, a, when a woman is, you know, starting their way into menopause. Um, but I mean, cruci eating cruciferous vegetables would be equally beneficial, um, given the opportunity that they could be organic. So we're not getting pesticides and therefore the liver's trying to figure out how to work the pesticides out of you. Uh, while still trying to give you the benefit from the cruciferous vegetables, there's your reason for, well, should I, do I always have to make sure I go organic with it? I mean, it, if you're really taking something like that for the medicinal benefit on your body, yes. I mean, yes, because it, 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 you're, you're bringing in pesticides if you don't. I wish you weren't, but you are. Places like Costco and Aldi, they have tons of organic options now that they didn't used to have, you know, so you have other alternatives than to just go to Whole Foods. Although I go to Whole Foods every weekend and have nothing against them whatsoever, but you have lots of options. And Deerberg's is creating more and more options. Fresh Time, uh, there's places that you go and you see organic and it doesn't look good. You know, it's like, ugh, I wanna just get this regular because that actually just really looks bad. I don't want that. Well, that's why I go to Whole Foods because I don't really like buying something and feeling like it just goes bad in two days. I rarely, rarely have any issues with my produce from Whole Foods. Rarely, I, I honestly can't remember the last time I did. So to me, that's worth the trip. You know, you schedule it for once a week, you do some other errands while you're around there, run to Target because it's in the parking lot, you know, just get some things done, you get it fit in. You know, now I don't go to Trader Joe's, maybe you guys do. Uh, they, maybe I've had plenty of clients that do, and that might be a good alternative for, from a, uh, an organic perspective. Questions about just how to make any of that or any ideas on any of that. Do you think you guys will try cabbage? Have you ever cooked cabbage? Anybody? You all cook it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know, and I don't get sick of it. Riced, I don't get sick of it. A mashed, I don't get sick of it, you know, but there, it's just so good, you know, and you can buy it washed and pre-cut and organic at Whole Foods, you know, so you just, you don't have to do anything. It's so easy. I mean, you can also buy a head of cauliflower and cut it up too, but I mean, you know, there are options for those of you that are just really struggling with, I don't have time to prep, you know? Okay, so I'm, I'm, I brought out a different book and a different author today, surprisingly. Usually I always have uh, Jocko Willink that I talk about. Uh, have any of you ever read a John Maxwell book? He's a Christian author, but he's a leadership presenter. So he travels the country presenting leadership seminars and, uh, but he just has a Christian background. So he kind of tries to give godly leadership principles to business owners and uh, his books are fantastic. You don't have to be own it. You don't have, it doesn't have to be from a business perspective. In fact, I'm gonna turn a book that is titled How Successful People Think. And I'm gonna take this one section and I'm not gonna talk about business at all. I'm gonna relate it to food. And the section is, how can you stay focused? And I'm not gonna read any of the little details, although these books are so great. See how small it is? I would recommend them. These are great cookbook or great quick books. It's uh, John Maxwell, 
he comes to our church every now and then he comes to just kind of those bigger churches and does great presentations sometimes he does weekend long presentations great information dad's gone to to them before um this how can you stay focused he says once you have a handle on what you should think about you must decide how to better focus on it here are five suggestions to help you with the process I'm going to relate this to food and how to stay focused on remaining healthy with your eating, how to stay focused on just living a healthy lifestyle. You got the 4th of July that comes up or you have a birthday that comes up. And so maybe you blow it, you know, maybe the family comes and you don't feel bad about it. You've enjoyed it. Everyone had a great time, but it was foods that you sort of wish you wouldn't have had, but you did and life goes on but you're struggling those next couple days and you go to get back into the zone, right? And you just, you're still like, where's the bread? I had bread and now all I can think about is bread or you're, where's the sugar? You know, I had that little bit of sugar and now every day all I can think about is sugar. And even though I had my breakfast like I was supposed to and my lunch like I was supposed to, at two o'clock each day, I'm still having chocolate because I kind of sparked that sugar issue. So. The first um, suggestion in how to stay focused is removing distractions. So we have physical distractions that we're dealing with that get us out of our zone and staying healthy. Some of those can be family members and we can't get rid of them. So we, that's the one that we can't get, remove. But some of them can be in, just environments that we continually allow ourselves to go into. It could be your drive to a place because you know you're going to drive by Fritz's every time you go to this one place. You know you're going to want Fritz's because it's an enjoyable experience. You take your kids, you take your grandkids, you enjoy it, right? Don't go that way anymore when you go to the skating rink or you go to the grocery store. You know, just change the drive around because it's troubling you and it is distracting you from being able to stay on track. Even in the grocery store, if there is a food that you truly, truly struggle with not buying, don't go down the aisle anymore. If there's two of you going to the grocery store, send one that direction and send one the other way. I, I can't remember what the food was, but, but John and I were both in the grocery store one time and we, we, go to the, we go to Whole Foods every week together. And this was a long time ago at Deerberg's and I just remember him saying, I'm gonna have to leave this aisle because I'm prompted, number one, to have you buy 18 things we shouldn't buy. And then also, I'm afraid it's gonna make me leave here and end up eating something. And I can't quite remember what the food was. Maybe it was just sugar or something sweet or something candies or something like that. But it really is a distraction for him. If we were in a place like Target or, or Walmart and we go down the aisle, Sam's, you go down the aisle and it's the jumbo size, family size candies that he has a, a legitimate addiction to, he wasn't thinking about that before, and now he can't stop thinking about it after we leave. And it could take him a day to get past that. Like it is a legitimate hold on him. So don't go to Sam's, you know, don't go, don't go down that aisle. Or like he said, go to the electronics section while I'm going over to the food section, you know, just divide it out, conquer, get past it, remove that distraction. If you, have to cook something for someone and that inevitably always gets you thrown off find a way to buy it pay somebody to cook it i've found people to cook for me 
for so many years. I mean, when I couldn't, when I was too sick or when I was too busy or what, find another option, you know, create the recipe, pay somebody to make it for you every week. You know, we have a trainer here that cooks for people. If, if you can't make it for them and not have it, that's a distraction. So you, you've got to remove it or you're going to keep having that as your reason for why you can't be successful. What about the cake that you have to make for your grandkids or you have to make it for your kids, right? You have to make a cake. Don't make it. If, if it's the reason why you cannot stay on track, don't make it. They love you more than that. They want you well. They don't want the inflammation you created. Find a great bakery, one that uses whole ingredients and buy the cake. And if it's not that cake, you'll probably stay away from it, you know? And then buy some of Sophie's cookies that week and eat those cookies at the party while they eat that cake. But if you can't stay away from your cake because it's the best darn cake you've ever made, don't make it. Remove that distraction, you know? Second one is make time for focused thinking. The way I see this when it comes to food is make time for figuring out what you're going to eat every day and make time for figuring out what you're going to eat every week. If you struggle, start day by day, start day by day. If you're not prepared to prepare your food for the week, what am I eating tomorrow? You know, seven o'clock at night, sit down with a sticky note and say, at 8 a.m., I am driving to Quick Trip and I'm getting raw almonds. I, I, I just, just write down what you're gonna eat. You know, at, at nine o'clock, I'm going to the cafeteria and having them making me an egg omelet with uh, spinach in it and onions, okay? And at noon, I'm going to Chick-fil-A and removing the bun and having extra lettuce and tomato. In the afternoon, you know, you see where I'm coming from? Get it down, you've got one day covered. But if you wake up the next day and have nothing planned, you're going to go through a drive-through somewhere. Or you're gonna eat, drink that Starbucks drink and think that's breakfast, it's not. It's 40 grams of sugar. You know, you've got to have a, a plan, okay? So it says, make time for focused thinking make time to focus on how you're going to be fueled now my suggestion is figure out the day of the week that you're going to write your grocery list literally do it the same day same time i have a morning that i do it i write it out i know what i'm doing for groceries i know what i'm going to make figure out a day you're going for groceries and then figure out a day you're going to prep it when am i going to prep it you know how am i going to i have my green beans cooking you know 12 bags of green beans while I'm prepping all the stuff for the bakery, while I'm getting it all set up, green beans are just cooking. And, it, and it's just easy. A big stock pot full of vegetables cooking. And the next thing I know, I just dump all those green beans into a container, dump all the stock pot vegetables into a container, shove them in the fridge. And I haven't even really had to work at getting my food prepared for the week. You know, later that night I'll make my hamburger, but it's not just about preparing the food, it's make the time to focus on What's the plan for the week? It takes 10 minutes to do the grocery list, but sit down and do it. Don't just go to the store and try to figure out what you're going to get. You'll get way more than you need. It's a great cost savings when you go in knowing exactly what you're going to need, but it's also a great way to save your health and to make sure you're eating only what you should be eating. Okay, next one is keep items of focus before you. The way I relate this to eating healthy and remaining healthy for a lifetime and having a healthy lifestyle is listen to the podcasts. When I produce a podcast on a Sunday, listen to it on a Monday. Start your week with that. Go out on Instagram and on Pinterest and on Facebook and follow Dr. Mercola, Dr. Mark Hyman, 
you know, Dr. Perlmutter, uh, gosh, I could go down the list of all these guys or just Google functional medicine and just learn all the people that you can start following. Read their articles once a day, be surrounded by their information, have health be in the air at all times. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if I've, I, I struggle with this because I love Cottage Home Magazine. I love Southern Living Magazine. I love Midwest Living Magazine, Country Living Magazine. I mean, have you ever seen the desserts and the stuff in there? And then I'll be like, I could make that. You know, I know I love to bake. I, I could make that. And who could I give it to? No one. I can't give it to anyone because I would be poisoning. Like, I, and then I'm like, what am I doing? You know, and then I'm thinking I could try to make that healthy. And I'm like, close the Southern living. <laughs> you know, there's half of that magazine that I look at the decorations and the other half, I, I haven't even moved the pages because it's just don't go there. Right. But I've also noticed that if I keep books out, the wheat belly book, you know, uh, Maria Emmerich's cookbooks, just books like that. I'll open them up. You know, the liver detox book I have sitting on my ottoman right now. I'll just open it up. I might only read two pages while I'm sitting there waiting to do something, but it's fresh. I'm keeping it in front of me. You know, I'm keeping something healthy in front of me. Another thing you can do is if you've got a vision of yourself, if there was a, a, a size you were at some point, keep a picture of that, put it out there show yourself what it felt like to be well if you can remember a time where you felt your best put that picture out there you know what i mean when i look at pictures of myself i can see the level of inflammation i have by the swelling on my face and i didn't have to eat anything bad for that it might be because of stress it might be because i didn't sleep uh it, it could be because a ridiculous protein particle is roaming around my body as a foreign intruder and suddenly I have swelling the next day and all that was was from grass finished beef, you know, but I can look at those and I can say I was inflamed that day. And then I can look at other ones and I can say I felt amazing that day. Like I can look at my vacation pictures and tell you what days I sincerely felt like I was a hummingbird all day. I could just go, 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 go. Felt amazing. And there was no reason why another day I shouldn't have, but you just don't know what your body's going to do. I love looking at those pictures of vacation because it reminds me of what it felt like to feel that well. So I'm going to strive for that every single day, doing whatever I can to be able to accomplish that. Does that make sense? Keep it in front of you, you know, put it out there in front of you, whatever that is to you. This one says set goals. And I'm going to read this part. It says, I believe goals are important. The mind will not focus until it has clear objectives. But the purpose of goals is to focus your attention and give you direction, not to identify a final destination. And I think that's really important. I feel like him and I are kind of on the same page with that. As you think about your goals, note that they should be clear enough to be kept in focus, close enough to be achieved, and helpful enough to change lives, okay? Your life in particular when it comes to food. Those guidelines will get you going and be sure to write down your goals. If they are not written, I can almost guarantee they're not focused enough. And if you're really, if you really want to make sure they're focused, take the advice of someone who I don't know who it is, this guy, David, who says, if you can't write your idea on the back of my business card, you don't have a clear idea. Okay. That's really good. Even if you look back years from now and think your goals were too small, they will have served their purpose if they provide you with direction. So the best part, and the reason I read that is because I like the part where he says, 
But the purpose of goals is to focus your attention and to give you direction, not to identify a final destination. So I tell my trainers when I train them and we do an assessment, don't ask a person what their goal is. If they wanna tell you what their goal is, let's find out what their goal is if they wanna talk about it. Let's take the approach that every person you meet with, you're here to change their life for the better. That's the goal. That's the ultimate final destination, a healthy lifestyle. Now, if they want us to prep them for a 5K and they want to look better and drop 10 pounds, we will help them achieve that goal by all means. But the problem is when it's always so goal focused, all the gyms I've worked for over the years, biggest loser contest this, what's your goal this, let's track the goal. At the end of the goal, people have no clue where their identity is. They've lost hundred pounds and they're, they're not happy with themselves. They genuinely have no clue where to go next. Well, what do I do now? Well, what's my next goal? Be healthy every day, continue to eat clean every day, create new recipes. They've lost the, the desire. They don't have the same pace or the same speed at living anymore. So I just, over the years, I learned not to go so drilling on that. I, I teach science. I teach an understanding of food. I teach the why behind food because sure, let's get to hundred pounds, but let's figure out how to change your mind so that you look at food differently and you don't ever go back again. And then your goal becomes waking up every day and being as healthy as you can that day. You know, my goal is to look at that vacation picture and to feel less swollen every day and to feel that peaceful every day, no matter what my circumstances are around me. So in a way I need to increase my faith every day, you know, and be able to tap into that because that's what will produce that, that, uh, that peace as well. Question your progress. So sometimes people just get, you know, kind of, lazy or, or sort of relaxed in the process of being healthy. So question how well you're doing every now and again. It doesn't mean you have to get on the scale, but jump on the scale every now and again. See if this thing's still working, you know? Hey, the fact that you kind of added the dark chocolate in the afternoon, maybe it's not going as well as you think it is, even though it's made with, I don't know, you know what I mean? Because you jump on a scale, it's like, yeah, actually up by five pounds. That's five pounds. It's a genuine five pounds. It's been 30 days. I've stayed up five pounds. Question your progress. Okay. It doesn't have to be the scale. Are my pants not fitting like they were, you know? Okay. That I, a lot of them are now, you know, it was one pair. Now it's all of them. Question it. It shouldn't be that way. Go back to day one, go back to what it took to get the pants to fit good. You don't have to stay at day one forever, right? That, that was probably good for the first three months. So let it be good for the next month and then get yourself opened up a little bit. But you might've let yourself open up too much. You kind of built a couple side roads and now you're lost on one of those side roads and you can't get back to square one. So you gotta find a formula to question it. <laughs> I will just, I, I know you guys are husband and wife, so I'm not pointing this at you. I'm just saying, warning, husband and wife, don't question the husband's progress. <laughs> because they don't take it well. So, and you don't question hers, but you know, live it out in front of them and question your own in front of them, which would lead to them saying, I, yeah, I guess for me too, you know, I've been kind of, you know, feeling a little sluggish or I've been, yeah, feeling a little heavier. Maybe I am doing something a little bit different than what I was doing before. Maybe I should change this. 
Does that make sense? So um, just like I do with cookbooks, I always like to take whatever and clean it up and try to make it a formula where you guys can use. I think John Maxwell is an author that you could use what he does from a leadership perspective and take those those ideas and, and, and plug them into to leading a healthier lifestyle. So you guys have questions about any of that? No? Okay, I'm gonna stop this.